0: Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out ConfidentGymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I'm talking to coaches about communication and inspired athletes who trust you and trust themselves and trust each other. And it's just the most amazing thing. So any of you coaches who are on a quest to be the best coach ever, this one is for you. And I'm going to talk about how to develop that trust in your athletes, how to speak so that athletes focus on your message and not just your mess or your feelings or your moment or your mood. And how to empower athletes to come up with their own solutions that make practice more efficient and more enjoyable all around. Here we go. Welcome to the Perform Happy podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey everybody, I'm Coach Rebecca Smith and today I'm talking to the coaches. And I'm going to give you some tips on communication. I have talked about this before, but I mean this is your potential superpower as a coach. Coaches who can communicate well, effectively, masterfully, They have athletes who are inspired. They have athletes who are empowered. They have athletes who they don't just want to be compliant and please, but they actually trust you and they will give you so much more. So that trust is the key to long lasting confidence in an athlete and the coach and the way that the coach speaks to the athlete plays a humongous role and whether or not you're successful at building trust. So I'm going to share with you four C's for masterful communication with your athletes. The first one is consistency. And now just a, another little side note, for parents, these also apply. So this is not just for coaches, it definitely applies to coaches, but for parents, this, a lot of these can apply as well. So first one is consistency. So you want to actually create communication routines with your team so that might look like you line them up like when I was a beam coach I used to line them up before beam and I'd say how's everybody doing and I'd go down the line and say you know let me know if you are experiencing any injuries if there's anything that might help me to understand where you're coming from today you know that's where they would say like I had a really rough day at school I'm really stressed out or my ankle hurts or I've been really scared lately so we actually go one at a time and we just check in and if they're like feeling great I'm like right on. And if they're experiencing something that might diminish performance that day, it's great to know right out of the gates what's going on. So I check in in a loving way with each kid before we get on beam. So that's something that they knew they'd walk over. They'd, they'd just line up on that white line and then we would check in. So that was a, a routine that we did. This could also be at a, a gym that I, I spend a lot of time at locally. At the end of practice, they line up And they chat and they give great feedback. And so that's when the coaches are acknowledging an athlete who is a standout for the day. And they're having these moments where everybody's sort of used to, this is where we come together. We're not necessarily doing physical skills, but we're having purposeful communication. Also, once a month, the same gym has their mental training session. Sometimes they would do it every other week. Some gyms like to do it every week where they actually have a group session where Part of the lesson plan is discussion time. So that's when they're actually having, you know, maybe they do an exercise, they do an experiential learning. That's what I would typically lead is, you know, they would play a game or do something that sort of pushes the kids out of their comfort zone so that they can have little little awareness of, ooh, that's how I operate when I'm stressed or ooh, that's how I operate when I'm feeling really competitive. And then they have a conversation. So those consistent moments you know or if the coach says hey for the 10 minutes before we start practice i will always be in my office if anybody needs to come and talk to me that's a great time because we all know there are times when it is not good you know, like when you're in the middle of coaching 13 kids and you're spotting something big and someone's like coach i need to talk to you you're like Okay, this is not the time. So if you can be really clear about this is the time, this is a great way to communicate with me. You know, have your mom send a text. Do like, write me a note. What is the way that you want to have communication facilitated and then set those times up automatically so that the kids know, okay, I'm going to show up 10 minutes early because I want to talk to my coach about my goals or I want to talk to my coach about how I'm feeling disappointed or scared or sad or any of that stuff, Okay. So that way the kids know to bring their concerns, they can anticipate the good times and the not so good times to bring something up. As far as consistency, you also want to make sure that you are consistently communicating with every athlete in the same way. So I know some kids are easier to coach. Some kids are not as easy to coach. Some kids you mesh with. Some kids you don't mesh with. Your tone and your method needs to be the same for every single kid regardless. And so I notice a little note, like fake it till you make it. If there's an athlete that you struggle with communicating well, maybe they just don't speak and you get frustrated. You don't know what they need. They really struggle. You're going to have the same system for that kid that you have for the one who's your best buddy and you can talk all day. So you want to make sure that you are being consistent in how you're communicating, when you're communicating and who you're communicating with. That way, these athletes are like, they sense that there is a foundation of follow through and trust. So it's not like one kid's going to be like, my coach doesn't like me because he talks to this athlete in this way and talks to me in this way. Like for me, my kids, my three-year-old talks to me like, hey, mom, hey, mom, 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 mom. And, and she talks to my husband like, hi, daddy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, cool. Cool. I see how it goes. So you don't, you don't want to have that effect on your kids. Okay. Even if one kid is bugging you, you still want to have that consistent communication, which brings me into the second C, I guess this is like the second and third, not to confuse you, but calm and controlled. So when I was coaching, I was like all over the place. I'd be like really excited and really loud and really mad and really frustrated and really. And so my, I was not very calm and not very controlled. I noticed that there were other coaches that I coached alongside who never lost their voice at the end of practice. They weren't like, I didn't hear them having a freak out from across the gym where probably they heard me. So what we want to try to do is find a calm and controlled tone so that that way athletes learn to focus on your message rather than your personal feelings. Like it was, there was no question when I was annoyed with my level sevens. It was like, Ugh, you guys are driving me crazy. Why can't you just do what I want you to do when like, that's about me and that's not their problem. Actually, if I'm having a problem, it's not their problem. So my task would be, how can I find calm and control? How can I have a consistent tone because my nonverbal communication is powerful. The tone of my communication is powerful. Your words are only about 10% of what they actually take in. So if you struggle with staying calm, if you struggle with controlling your tone, if you struggle with being nice when you're in a bad mood, this is your challenge. It's not that they need to be better so that you can be happier. It's not about that. It's about you finding your own calm and control that then they're going to follow suit on. Okay, I actually, I teach it. A technique to athletes called a filter, and I got this from Michael Gervais, another sports psychologist. He would talk about these coaches would yell corrections that, like, if you don't point your toes, you are never going to get this skill, or if you don't get your legs in, you're going to break your neck. You know, so coaches will say things like, "I really like the the message is I really want you to make this correction, and I'm going to make it." Very loud and intense because I really, really, really want you to make this correction. But what they're saying is like crazy town, scary stuff. So I teach kids to go, okay, you're going to put up that filter and all you're going to let in is the the things that are helpful and constructive, and we're going to filter out anything that makes things feel dangerous, impossible, or bad. So in that example, you know, if you don't get your legs in, you're going to break your neck, then we're only going to let in, legs in, and that's it. So if you can do them a favor as the coach and actually just say that, get your legs in, you know, or point your toes instead of, you don't point your toes, you're never going to amount to anything. You're going to be flipping burgers at McDonald's. I've literally heard kids like say to me that that's what their coach said to them. So just say, point your toes. It's looking good. It could be a little bit better though. I think there's room for improvement in your toes. Let's look for that. Let's feel that. Okay. Same message. You don't have to have the mess though. You can have the message without the mess just, you know, get the constructive out. That calm and control will allow you to have enough pause to give the words out that will actually be constructive without the part that hurts kids. Okay, so that brings me to number four, which is careful. I remember a comment that a boy made to me in seventh grade. I think I was like 11 or 12. And this comment that this boy made to me, which was like him trying to be funny, has stuck with me to this day. And that is how powerful your words are. You know, if you make a comment like, oh, your legs look horrible, they hear that and they take that beyond sport. So you have to be extremely careful with what you say because you they're at this extremely malleable point in their lives where they have to be handled with care and your words can actually stay with them for a lifetime. So along those same lines, we want to be really careful listeners, okay? I know I'm putting a lot on you, right? This is a big responsibility of trying to be the grown-up, right, in the communication with these adolescents who are very impressionable. They have fragile egos. They are delicate. They need you to be careful with them. So active listening looks like they come to you and they say something like, I cannot get this correction or I don't know what to do. And instead of you going right into problem solving, which is essentially what coaches are, right? So this is, I'm gonna ask you to do something a little out of character. Instead of just going, here's the solution, here's the correction, do this thing. You're actually gonna repeat back. It sounds like you're having trouble with X, Y, Z. Is that right? So you're actually asking them before you respond, making sure, do I have this right? Because a lot of the time in communication, things get lost, okay? Because there's the thing I think I'm saying the thing that actually comes out of my mouth, the thing they think I'm saying, and then what they think it means. So there's like four conversations going around in one little sentence. So many times as a coach, I would be like, go do 12 of these. They're like, did you mean this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, things I think I say are not what I actually say. And that also goes for the kids. So what if the kids were to say, coach, It's this, right? And you're like, yep, that's it. Then you would for sure know instead of being like, what are you doing over there? Why are you doing that drill? And they're like, I think that I thought that's what you said. And you're like, no, you're not listening. But you know, it's more than that. It's not always that they're not listening. It's that maybe you said it wrong or maybe they heard it, but they didn't interpret it the way that you meant them to. So communication is so complicated. The best way to head off that issue is to just ask clarifying questions all the time. And encourage them to do it too. Allow them to say, did you mean this without being like, yes, of course I did. Why aren't you listening? Be like, yep, that's it, kiddo. You got it. So if they're asking for something or they're saying they're struggling with something, ask first, is this what you're struggling with? Okay. That allows them to feel heard. So even if you're like rolling your eyes in your head about that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. And oh my gosh, why don't you just pay attention so that we can be more efficient and move on with our lives? Instead. You're like, is this what you're asking about? Awesome. Here's my answer. And then they feel heard, even if you're going to be like, that's not what we're working on, but don't worry. It's okay. I get why that might've been confusing. This is what we're doing. So instead of them feeling diminished or like they're, I can't focus. I'm a bad listener. I'm a bad person. They're feeling like my coach cares about me and is making sure that I get the information that I need. So that care takes effort. But man, will it be so worthwhile when those kids feel valued, they feel heard, they feel like they can come to you, they feel like you're not going to hurt their feelings if they do something wrong. Okay, then the fourth C, the last C, is collaborate. Now, I know there's this one-up, one-down relationship in coaching. Coach up here, athlete down here. That's sort of the, that's the assumption, right? The coach is in charge and the kid's supposed to listen and just like be seen and not heard and comply and do what they're told. That I think is, that's not the way that I operate. It's not the way I operate in my family. It's not the way that I thrive as a human. Collaboration makes for such an amazing environment, such an amazing, inspiring, empowering environment. So instead of you going like, you need to do this, the end, because I said so, which does not make a child's heart bloom and grow and want to, want to thrive. It makes them just want to not mess up. Instead, you get shoulder to shoulder and you're like, okay, we are detectives on the scene together and we're going to figure this out. And you're, instead of you're like, I'm telling you what to do. And the kid's like, I don't think that's going to work, but I don't know how to say that because you're just telling me now I have to try it, but I don't think it's, I don't feel safe and I feel scared. And I don't think I can speak to you. Instead, you're like, all right, kiddo, let's figure this thing out together. So then you go to empathy. Let's say an athlete's like, I don't know why, but I can't do it. I can't do the thing you're asking. Instead of being like, well, go figure it out. Or you have a rope climb. You go, okay, let's talk this out. What's going on? I know you can't always do this when you have 13 kids on on beam and you're trying to yell at everybody and get everybody moving and give corrections. And, but this is the goal. Shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm. Let's work together. Let's figure this thing out. So first of all, you're going to go, I have been there. I have seen this happen before. You are not alone. This is normal. Just to normalize somebody's struggle, they can be like, oh good. I'm not horrible. Even if you're like, this is annoying. Why are we still dealing with this? You still give them this. This is my favorite line that I love to, I love parents and coaches to use. That's got to be so hard. Even if you're like, oh, this is so annoying. You're like, that's got to be so hard. That's got to be so frustrating. That's got to be so disappointing that you're, that, that you're feeling like this. I'm so sorry, buddy. Let's work together. Let's figure this out. Then you ask great questions instead of just going right into, here's how you need to do it. This is what you got to do. You're going, how did that one feel? What do you think can be improved? Because we, I think a lot of coaches are just like, do this, do this, do this, fix this, fix this, fix this. And then the kids don't have any say. And they're also not training themselves or they're not being trained to feel, well, how did that one feel? What do I think can be better? They're always just like, what do I do, coach? What do I do, coach? What do I do, coach? They're not empowered. They're not you know, individuals who are actually trying to make corrections, they're just waiting for your next correction, which means the entire group of 13 is dependent on your corrections, which is a heavy cross to bear. And it means you're always yelling. So what if these kids were going, that one felt pretty good. I think I'm going to try this. And then they come to you and go, how's this one look? And you're like, yeah, that's better. Wouldn't that be more efficient if these kids could learn how to find out how did that one feel? What can I do better? And then also if they're afraid or they're stuck, a great question is, what can you do right now? What can you do? Because they get very stuck in the well, you can't and you're like, well, you need to do it, figure it out. Well, what can you do? What does feel confident? What feels safe to you right now? What would be a little stretch out of your comfort zone? What would be just a little bit better? And you help them to start thinking in that way instead of being problem focused, like correction, 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 correction. It's solution focused. What's something you can do successfully right now? Okay, go try it. And then show me when you're done. And instead of going, oh, you're failing because you're not doing the original assignment, they're actually making progress. They're actually building confidence because you have stopped to ask them, what can you do? What can you do? Okay, and how do we stretch that? How do we push that? How do we get you a little bit farther against your edge so that we can get you closer to the skill that I know is inside of you? Okay, so those are our four Cs, consistency, calm and control, careful, and collaborate, which is, I guess, technically five Cs. Anywho, so take those, go be a masterful communicator, reach out to me. You can always direct message me. If you have any questions or topic requests, you can email me, Rebecca at PerformHappy.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to PerformHappy.com and join us you'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.